0: Hey friends, Heather Avis here. As I'm sure all of you listeners know, The Lucky Few is an invitation to build a kinder, more inclusive world. We accomplish this through a combination of advocacy and activism, of narrative shifting and storytelling. The Lucky Few believes in inspiring and challenging our audience, that's you, calling all of us to listen, read, share, contribute, and support as we work together to create a world where differences are embraced and everybody belongs. This year, if year-end giving is something that you participate in, then we invite you to join these efforts even more and financially partner with The Lucky Few. As an official 501c3, which is the fancy way of saying nonprofit, all donations are tax deductible. Head to theluckyfew.com to give. Please know we cherish your generosity. We are so thrilled to do this narrative shifting work together. Happy holidays, friends.
1: Hey friends, welcome to a very special throwback episode of The Lucky Few podcast. It's me Mercedes. Hello. <laughs> For the next six weeks, we are re-releasing some of our favorite episodes from this year. Starting with our interview with Kelly Kaufman from all the way back in February 2021. Remember? We're chatting about the intersection of disability and race and her experience as a black woman raising a child with Down syndrome. Thanks for joining us, friends. This was a great episode. I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Kelly, and I hope you listen to it again and take away a little something new. Okay, welcome to the Lucky Fee podcast. I need to tell you about my new friend, Megan, who has an awesome company called Oxygen Fitness Coaching. And she provides a 12-week mom restore system for busy moms suffering from low energy who want to improve their health without strict diets and hours at the gym. And also the 20-minute boost program, which is a daily 20-minute workout you can do right in your home and even with your kids to improve your strength, fitness, and flexibility. We all know that being moms to a child with a disability, sometimes our health can take a back burner. So please check out Megan, who is also a mother to a child with Down syndrome, and she's got a lot of wonderful attainable ways to improve your health through her program. So please, follow oxygen fitness coaching on instagram and facebook and the lucky few Podcast has a, the, our own coupon code lucky few and you can get one month free by using that code and get connected and get healthy ladies
0: all right friends before we jump into our interview with kelly we are going to share another one of your beautiful reviews we've been loving reading the reviews. Um, this is from H M I N N E Y H mini This person says, thank you ladies for sharing a crucial and somewhat controversial message about the worthiness of individuals different from most. As an OT, I work with your kids and many others with different abilities and skills, and I'm inspired by the message you are all putting out there. I appreciate your message, shouting the worth of individuals with Down syndrome, and I think your passions, insights, and advocacy go way beyond to include all people who appear different. Thank you for sharing your stories and boldly breaking down societal expectations and standards. H-Mini, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for leaving us that review and friends, don't forget that you too can review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and then we can read it. So you head there, leave a review and it may be the review that we read next week on the podcast. Um, we love reading these and we appreciate the support so, so much. That's
2: right. We hope that it's your review. You just have to have great grammar.
0: and Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you better have good grammar and
2: amazing images. Oh <laughs> Thanks, friends.
0: Awesome.
2: So um Heather, hey.
0: Hey, pal. girl. Hi, pal.
2: Hey. We're we've been having this is our second episode for Black History Month and we've been focusing on on reaching out and t- hearing from our our friends who are black who have experienced the Down syndrome community and hearing a little bit of their, their experience and what our community is like for them. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good. Um, I was, I wasn't able to be a part of the interview with Jalandra, um, which was last episode last week's episode, um, Jalandra Davis, but I did listen to, listen to it as soon as it came out and she is brilliant. Let's just say brilliant.
2: She's so smart.
0: So smart and brought up so many good points. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to listen to it either right now and then, and then this one next, or to listen to it after this, she brings up so many great points and a lot of things I was like, oh man, I've got so much to say about this, but I think that this episode, it really is just a continuation of the conversation around Mm -hmm. the, like the intersection of disability and race. And as Mm -hmm. we are looking at, as we are celebrating black culture and black people this month and friends we should be always, but this month is set aside as black history month. Um, what an honor and privilege to get to hear from our black mamas in the community, in the down syndrome community, because it is its own little niche, right? Our, our little down syndrome group. That's right. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking with Kelly Kaufman. Kelly Kaufman is the president for black families with DSDN down syndrome diagnosis network. And she has been on the podcast before, um, and we're super excited to have her again to continue this conversation on raising a child with Down syndrome and being Black.
2: Yeah, let's bring
0: her in. There she is. Hi. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you guys? How are you?
3: Doing well. Doing pretty good. Good. You look fancy. You do. You're looking like... (laughs) You know, I took Creed to the doctor today, so I decided to put on a little makeup. <laughs> it's
2: so special these days, isn't it? It's so exciting. I feel like anytime I put earrings in, I'm I'm just blown away. Exactly. I forget how it feels. By the, by, like three hours, I'm like, "Ow, it hurts to wear earrings." Exactly. After this year,
0: <laughs> yep. I'll put on normal pants and like half <laughs> of the day. I'm like, dang. Why, when can I put my sweats back on? I didn't leave the house. Why did I even <laughs> why even bother? We got to bother sometimes. Um, Kelly, yeah. Welcome back to the podcast. You thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk of to course. us.
3: Of course. Um, Honestly, like when you guys asked, I was like super pumped. And then I don't know, I get so nervous, like the week of, I was also doing um, two other interviews this week. So I was just like, I don't know, for me, it's been like a mental thing. Like, oh, this is just, sometimes I feel like it can be so heavy because you kind of mm-hmm. like know what people are going to ask and <laughs> I always want to make sure I'm saying something correctly and then I'm like second guessing, like, should I be the one having this conversation? And then I just have to remind myself, like, yes, you need to have the conversation you're capable and all those things. So,
0: yeah, I appreciate your transparency in saying that. Um, and I reckon I want to recognize too, that to be a black woman talking to white women about issues of race yeah, is, I would imagine is incredibly exhausting yeah. and should not always be your job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so we recognize here we are, Micah and me, we are both white yeah. women yeah. and you are a black woman and we are having yeah. this conversation. So I want to recognize that and, and just tell you, thank you for taking the time and that it's not just time. It's yeah. I feel like what you were sharing. It's emotional and sure. it's exhausting. And on, on every level, and you will hang up from this podcast interview and you will go live this life that is, has been right. It's this exhausting um, reality. So I just want to recognize that and let our listeners remember that. And it feels like an honor. So thank you. Thank you. And anything you want to say, great. Anything you don't want to say, you can just say, I don't like figure it out. Go to Google. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not your teacher here. You're allowed (laughs) to say that.
2: We'll take it. You can
0: say anything you want. <laughs> awesome. We're just super grateful for, yeah, we are. for your time. Yeah.
3: Grateful yeah. for the time and that we're able to have these conversations. I really am. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you were with us before, but if you could give us an introduction, give our listeners just a an introduction of like where you're at, you're a little bit about your family, what you're doing these days, like you could personally, or even just with DSD and wherever you want to go with that.
3: Yeah. Hi, um, I'm Kelly Kaufman. I'm a wife. Um, my husband recently retired from the army. So uh, almost a year ago, we moved back to um, Indiana. We had lived in Indiana for about two years before, um, but we moved to a new city in Indiana and we moved right before the pandemic hit. So we haven't been able to really like build and make community in person. Um, so that's kind of been a struggle for our family because we're very social. I have a 14-year-old daughter, um, Cree, my son that has Down syndrome. He just turned six yesterday. So we were celebrating. Um, Happy birthday. Yay. <laughs> and then Cree, we, um, Cree and Ryan have a little brother, Knops, Who is the baby of the family in all ways possible. Um, I have had the opportunity to be on the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network's board. Um, I'm also the Black Family Director for DSDN, and um, recently I began working with um, my local organization, Down Syndrome Indiana, um, and helped them kind of create something we're calling our black family village and then I'm also serving on um Gigi's Indiana's board so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty busy these days um yeah you know I'm loving it because I'm getting to do something that I really love I loved I was a teacher um currently a stay-at-home mom but um advocacy work is like a full-time job for me right now but it's something that I really do like to do um there's so many avenues and so many conversations going on um that it's something almost new e- every time so it's great that is a lot <laughs> yeah. it is lot. get it But that was like
2: three different boards right yeah. we're we impressed yes it's impressed.
3: Fun. It's fun. Over here. I'm, I'm so thankful to have the opportunity um just to be able to do it you know um it may sound like a lot and sometimes it is um but I think it's no better time to have um, my voice heard. And I use it as like a, you know, like a stepping stone for other people. I'm always like trying to bring others in um, and getting their voices heard and just bringing their thoughts to the table because not everybody wants to be a part of a board or wants to volunteer, but um, just having that access to be able to voice their thoughts and share their experience it has been great for me I love it It's
2: awesome It's great so Kelly I I moved during COVID as well and it, it's hard it's been hard to to know people it's hard to like if I don't know if your kids are in in-person school or doing virtual how how have you been since we talked to you last year because we talked to you right at the beginning of COVID I yeah. think
3: Yeah, well, honestly, my daughter who's 14, she's loving um, being virtual. She absolutely loves it. Um, She is in the eighth grade and she moved here not really knowing people and, you know, initially she was going to school and she wasn't really making a connection. with people at her school, so I think that's another reason why she's not really in a rush to go back, but she is gonna be a freshman next year, so we're hoping that she can be in person in some kind of way, even if it's hybrid, just for some socialization. Um, Cree for majority of this school year has been homeschooled, but we recently decided for him to go back because we know he needed that socialization. He's been really thriving. um, and getting a lot of kindergarten prep that he needs. So it's been really good for our family. Um, We just kind of take it day by day. Um, My husband has been able to work from home and we've actually really enjoyed that and all the family time we've been able to spend together. I've been able to kind of spend time with each of my kids, you know, when Cree goes to school and Ryan's in school, I can spend um, a little more time with Knox, our youngest. So, you know, it's, it's just been an overall adjustment that I know everybody is facing. Um, But it hasn't been all bad. I will say that.
0: That's good. That's good. Okay. We, we asked our listeners um, on through Instagram, we have asked them, we let them know that this month we were going to be interviewing women who have kids with down syndrome, who are also black for black history month and what they want to know about, about that topic and about within this conversation. And so we're going to, we'd like to talk to you about some of that stuff. And before we do that, how are you? Um, and you can share as much or as little as you want. How are you since in this past year, in regards to race, in regards to being a Black woman in America? I feel- How you doing, girl?
3: You know, <laughs> anyway, um, as I was sharing with you guys earlier, it's like when I have to um, have the conversations, um, there's like some mental prep going into it. Um, because I just always want to make sure like I'm saying this right or saying that right or making sure that I'm not speaking for everyone um and I've kind of had to battle with like am I you know the one that should be speaking but you know I've had this conversation with my husband and some friends and you know it just boils down to um Kelly you're a black woman you have the right to share your story your experience and because I'm in Certain positions like being on the board or being the director, I'm able to have um, intimate conversations with a lot of our families and our groups. Um, so I'm, you know, privy to hearing a lot of different experiences. And then I have platforms like this where I can share where um, a lot of our families' voices are not being heard. So I feel mm-hmm. glad that I'm able to do that when I look at it that way. But um, overall, I'm good. Um, I've never had to talk about race so much in my life, um, <laughs> ever. It's just, it's you know, it's just been in me. I was sharing yesterday with someone that like, I grew up in an all black community all my life. And I don't feel like I ever really looked at myself as a minority because everyone around me was just black. And, you know, I always talk about my elementary school teachers. They were like phenomenal women. Um, and they really... I don't know, I just have like this confidence um, in who I am. But as I've gotten older and I've had to um, have these tough conversations and I'm seeing how there is medical bias and Mm. educational bias and all these kind of things, you know, racial bias, it, you know, it's like I've had to come out of some, I have had to to be in some uncomfortable conversations and really just have conversations in just my immediate family about Mm. how we feel. But again, overall, good is just, it is a lot because I can feel one way about something one day and then I learn some information about something else and I totally can change. Um, But I just love that I'm able to be flexible and um, I'm providing information but I'm also learning at the same time. Um, And I think it's just because I'm very flexible in that mental space I'm able to you know continuously have these conversations um although they are hard you know sometimes and then sometimes it's not so hard you know it's just very matter of fact but um it can be a bit much sometimes you know but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of like a sacrifice you know like to have Mm -hmm. these conversations because some people don't feel Um, welcome into spaces that they can have those conversations or they don't feel like their voice will be heard. So um, being able to do stuff like this um, is awesome because I know that there are Black moms that are gonna listen. And so many times people have written me on social media and just said, I listened to this podcast or I heard what you said to this and this person and I feel the same way and I've had Mm -hmm. that experience. So again, um, I don't take it for granted it is frustrating. It is a sacrifice. It is a lot of work, um, but it's worth it to me.
0: Yeah. Do you spend some time on, you're on Instagram and on Mm -hmm. Facebook and DSTN has a very large presence on Facebook. That's their main um, platform for connection. Mm -hmm. And so social media, God bless them. God bless Mm -hmm. social media. Right. (laughs) So thinking specifically within the social media space, Mm-hmm. And let's say influencers, we're going to use that word real lightly, right? Like it, we're not putting a number. It's not like you have to have a certain amount of yeah. followers to be that or whatever. No blue check marks needed yeah. um, <laughs> or in on Facebook within Facebook and Instagram and the down syndrome space, the families that are sh- that who's who you're seeing, right? Like if you do, let's, for example, hashtag the lucky few, and you look up the hashtag, it's mostly white faces that you're mm-hmm. seeing. And I'm, I would imagine even within DSDN, if you took every single member and did a grid, you're going to see mostly white faces Yes, majority. For- but mm-hmm. we also know that down syndrome doesn't discriminate by race. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not that more people with, who are white are having kids with down syndrome. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then why do you, th- why do you think within, let's think about like with the black families on DS that are a part of DSDN. Mm -hmm. Um, why do you think we're not seeing more families of color who have kids with down syndrome in the social media down syndrome space?
3: Um, many reasons. I think, um, they don't feel their voices will be heard or like, it won't really make a difference. Um, some moms have talked about, we've talked a lot about like our culture and how, you know, having a disability is not something really talked about um because people think you can pray things away and um they don't want to like claim that you have Down syndrome even though they know so a lot of people are still fighting um emotionally with you know their diagnosis they're not really Mm -hmm. there um I think they don't see themselves in those spaces and you know they think they'll just kind of be drowned out which we are but um I just don't think that there's a level of I don't want to say importance but there's not I just think they don't do it because they think that there's another way you know and Mm -hmm. that social media is just not the way maybe they're working you know within their community just not just the DS community but maybe like their black community they're making a difference and um, I don't think that they're not doing work I just think that um they know certain things aren't like designed for us mm-hmm. and so
0: oh, that's interesting. not
3: everybody wants like a seat at the table you know like sure. there was that thing going on um they're kind of wanting to like build their own table there's a lot of talks within mm-hmm. our community about not um there's kind of like two mindsets there's a group of families that feel like let's join with organizations like DSDN and NDSC and let's work together. But then there's some people that are like, no, we want our own space. And if it takes time to get there, we'll take the time to get there. So I know that there is some background work that's going on and people don't you know, see all those things. Um, but I do think overall um, in the social media space, you don't see it as much um, just because within like our culture, I don't think a lot of people are forward when talking about a diagnosis mm-hmm. in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, I don't, I don't feel like social media is a very, within the tools to be used to advocate, right. And to, mm-hmm. to speak up for anything, social yeah. media is not our strongest tool I would, I would believe as, and I'm saying that as someone who has built my platform from social media. So I think that, yeah, I just want to like make sure that that's, yes, I want to be able to say that clearly that just because someone's not on social media has nothing to do with whether or not they're doing advocacy work and, and most likely the advocacy work that the most meaningful advocacy work we can do, I believe personally is aside from social media. That's my personal.
2: Yeah, belief. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. So okay, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: if, yeah, it does feel like social media is flashy and it's surface level in terms of advocacy. But yeah, yeah the 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 real work that's being done is being done in communities and hundred yeah. percent
0: relation. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. like IRL <laughs> relationships yeah. and friendships, yeah. and community Perfect. building, and yeah, yes. all those things. Thanks for answering that. Um, yeah. It's something I, and I will say, whether this even makes it into the episode, it, it's something I'm super curious about because we talk about, I feel like in the down syndrome space, it's like representation matters. You know, our kids with down syndrome need to see themselves in the world. We need to see people with down syndrome in media and in the workforce and in schools and all the places. And this is why my personal conviction is we're gonna do this advocacy work because my kids need to see themselves. The world needs to see them, representation matters. Yes. hashtag representation matters. Yeah. However, I, so I'm hyper aware of the fact that within social media representation, where I spend a lot of my, where a lot of my energy does go mm-hmm. that it is telling in the down syndrome story, it's telling mostly one story mm-hmm. and we can't, I believe as an advocate within down syndrome, I can't sit in my advocacy telling one piece of a story.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that's why these conversations are important. Um, And in the episode, last week's episode, speaking to a woman, Jalandra Davis, Mm -hmm. it's every individual is living out their own story, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, and then you get into your communities and your identities and the story. That's another story. That's Mm -hmm. a part of the story. Yes. Um, And there is the identity of being a black person.
3: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With down syndrome or raising a kid with down syndrome that is that story is so important in my opinion to the collective whole of the down syndrome yes. story yeah and i don't think it's being heard enough yeah not that it's not being told i would i would say it is being told but who yeah. who's taking the time to listen yeah right like are we taking the time to listen
3: yes totally about this yesterday too well i was actually listening to a podcast and they had an author on and they were talking about um children's books and she was saying how she writes children's books and that so many times you know like during black history month or just in general when when we're exposing um the world to black authors or books that display um black or brown children the books are often like um, you know Shantae can change the world or Shantae has a dream too you know it's just like why can't Shantae just be going to the store to pick up bananas yeah. like, why do all the stories have to you know show that Shantae is strong and Shantae has a dream and Shantae <sighs> is just like Rosa you know like um, I also feel like that can be the same thing like in the Down syndrome community when we're talking like people want to talk up, but I don't think they always want to talk about um, the hard stuff all the time. Like, it's just kind of like how we say when we talk to a doctor, like we want them, they're given a diagnosis. We want them to congratulate us. You know, we want them not to give us a doom and gloom story all the time. It's the same way. Like, I feel like hearing just more conversations in general from black and brown moms, just about everyday life, um, whether they're professional or not just hearing those voices, I think that'll make an impact and having, and like setting the tone, um, that your voice is not just important just to talk about race. Like your voice is important just to share about your kid or just to share about your experience. So, um, just continuing those conversations, um, I think if people can see those kind of conversations, they'll feel a little more comfortable, you know, it'll set the tone mm-hmm. for them to want to participate.
0: Yeah. It's I like, love that. yeah, it's like the idea of tokenism or like a commodity, mm-hmm. like black people are not a token. <laughs> They're, not a token. <laughs> They're not a commodity. Yes. It's within race. There's a yeah. whole, there's a whole humanity, right? <laughs> About every person mm-hmm. Yeah. that exists in going to the store and buying bananas or whatever. Right. For sure.
2: So Kelly, we, so we asked our listeners what questions they have um, for you, um, because we let them know that we would be interviewing some powerful black advocates in our community. And so one of the questions that we got from listeners was, what is a time you have felt empowered as a black woman raising a child with Down syndrome? Okay. time you felt empowered? Um, When we moved to Indiana, we
3: went to Gigi's Playhouse to reconnect with the um, community. And as soon as we walked in the door, there was a black male with Down syndrome He's like, I want to say he's the same age as me. He's 35. And as soon as he saw Cree, he was like, oh my gosh, that's my twin. And I <laughs> I was like videoing because it was so special and in and that moment Cree was like it was just like they knew each other and he just kept saying like he has the same eyes as me his hair is cut like mine his skin oh my gosh it was just like Terrell saw himself in Cree a 35 year old man looking at Cree and Cree looking at him like oh my gosh like I love you you're my brother you know we have a connection and just seeing that was it just like really warmed my heart and it was like a kickstart um to me working locally with my organizations because I want people to feel that way when they come into Gigi's Playhouse or when they go to Down Syndrome, Indiana. I want them to see themselves and people that look like them. I want parents to see children that look like them, other parents that look like them Um, because it was just a comfortability. Like, I don't know. It was such a great moment. I do have a picture on my Instagram and I'll probably share it again soon because um it was just so special um we tossed it around social media and it's just really beautiful when people see themselves in other people that look like them um especially in this down syndrome community and it's not something Terrell often sees um for a lot of the programming he's usually the only um black um person um And for him to just see Cree, it just brought a big smile to him. So for me, that was a really great moment because that's what I'm working to do, you know? And aside from being an advocate, it's important for me because I want my child to be in environments with people that look like him, um, outside of the Down syndrome community and inside of the Down syndrome community. So even if it's just Terrell and Cree, even though it's not, it's, it's growing, but even if it was just Terrell and Cree and they're different ages as well, just, um, that visual representation is important. And I want to keep showing up in my community.
0: That's powerful. That's sweet. We'll, we'll have to get that picture from you and post it on our, on our page too. We we can post it on our Instagram page too. Um, another question that we got that I want to dive into a little bit more here and, and recognize that this is like, asking you to to, te- to teach white people things and that's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are doing it. Um, so, we, so what do you feel like white women white moms in the down syndrome advocacy advocacy space need to do to create more inclusivity to create a less white space.
3: Um continue to have you know those brave conversations um online within your family within your friend groups i think it's very important um especially people that are working like for organizations or even just in your um but well, we're speaking down syndrome so i'll sure, say yeah. in your um down syndrome organizations locally or nationally just be aware of like who's at the table and not all the time will they'll Will there be a person that's minority? But listen to the conversation. Are you, um, does your framework align with being inclusive? Are you, are people asking those questions that are ensuring that you are serving those populations? Um, And then if you don't have um, a diverse board or community, talk about those ways to bring them in on the board to bring um them into your organizations families bringing them in i think those things are important we can't just continuously sit around and amongst people that only look like us only think like us Um, be empathetic figure out why you want to see change don't just have change because that's like the thing you know it's just a movement going on Um, figure out why you want people that look like my son to be involved in your organization um I don't know where I heard this from but I put it in my notes on my phone um I don't know if I was listening to a pastor or a podcast but um think of it like this is it is this just a moment for you is this a movement for your organization or is this a sacrifice we don't want Mm -hmm. just just a movement for I mean a moment for you you know you can just save that it's not going to mean anything it's not going to bring about results a movement can but in the end we really want it to be a sacrifice for um some people that are in this space um someone shared with me yesterday like when she sacrifices and has has these conversations with black moms on her podcast or on her instagram lives she says she always loses followers behind it but because she's willing to sacrifice i think her movement will mean a little bit more the people um, in her audience are um, that are staying and sticking by are listening and learning. So mm-hmm. um, be willing to make the sacrifice and not just make it a moment or a movement, but really to sacrifice. Um, and then also I feel like you should invest where you can. If you are working with an organization or you have a big platform and are uh, monetizing it um, and you have the ability, I think you should um, get a strategist or equity officer to kind of help you brainstorm. Um, don't just rely on the black community to give their thoughts and input. Really put your money where you wanna see change. Um, invest in organizations and community projects that directly impact um, minority environments. I think those few things are just, a, you know, are a couple things that you can do that will make a difference um and will you know be really um felt amongst our community mm-hmm. it can make definitely
0: yeah i w- i would add one little thing to people listening that there especially right now and then the last year there's so many black voices that are giving including you right now right that are giving mm-hmm. so much of their knowledge And their life experience for free and people need to be paid for what the energy and the efforts that they put into the space black people black women black women raising kids with down syndrome should be compensated for the hard work that they're doing for the greater community and most most aren't like aren't asking for that but there are so many resources and and (laughs) we joke about this all the time but it's like Honestly, please do a quick Google search before you reach out to Kelly on Instagram and direct messages and expect her to give a bunch of time towards a question that probably has been answered by her, probably has been answered by dozens, if not yeah. hundreds, if not thousands of Black women in yeah. the last however many years, especially the last 12 months. Yeah. And, and then if someone offers a training, do it, like pay for it, you know, pay yeah. the $50, the $100 or whatever. So that's what I want to add to that, to all the listeners that-
3: that because I, I don't know how I skipped right over that, but I have that invest in people's time. Yeah. Um, yes. people, definitely. If you can um, pay for their time, please do. It'll be well worth it for you. And it'll just show that, you know, you're serious about mm. wanting to, you know,
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that goes into sacrifice. There's this, yeah. there's a financial sacrifice. Yeah. It's not just a, a mm-hmm. moment of a black picture on your or screen, whatever, whatever happened last year.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> With
0: Bye.
2: the yep. Black squares. <laughs> yep, yep, and yeah, and I think too, buying from buying books written by Black authors, right? There's there's little small things we can do. There's ways to search for, for um, Black small business owners in your area, yeah. mm-hmm. to make sure that you're shopping, and putting your money where your mouth is. So, um, and I, I think all of that is really helpful, Kelly. Thank you. Um, I think I, I wanted to ask too, um, since this past summer and you know what we have seen in our country as there's more of a reckoning with race and maybe people are paying attention who weren't before. Uh, I'm wondering if you have noticed, Kelly, any changes in the Down syndrome community in the past year or maybe the last eight months since uh, this past summer and the the uprising and everything yeah. that came around the the murder of George Floyd. Um, and I guess also from your position involved in DSDN, what efforts have you noticed in our community, um, efforts to be more anti-racist Yeah. or, yeah. I
3: have noticed some things. Um, Definitely a lot of it is like surface level, Um, (laughs) but I don't discredit that. Like we're starting somewhere. That's awesome. Of course, I want it to continuously go and dig deeper, Um, but I've seen a lot of things. Um, Within DSDN, um, I'm seeing that more people see the overall vision and there's more hands on deck. Um, I noticed you know, in just conversations that I'm not the one having to bring certain things up. Other people are seeing um, what I'm seeing and speaking up about it. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, within DSDN, you know, we are planning, um, I don't know if I can really say that, but we're planning some big events for our communities, our minority communities coming up over the next year or two. COVID, is it all? <laughs> yes. Um, we have some big things like that. So we're really putting our money, um, investing in people, investing in our people and ensuring um, that we're serving our community and um, I am seeing online conversations continuously having, I love the lucky few podcast. I love that you guys are always willing to have all types of conversations. Um, I've seen a lot of moms. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've seen <laughs> multiple moms um, inviting people to have conversations with them on Instagram and Facebook where that there's a lot of our community there. You know, they have pretty decent followings and a lot of all the Down syndrome moms follow each other. So I know that they're hearing it, whether they're, um, agreeing with it all or, um, not. I know that people are sharing their spaces. Um, like you guys did last year. I feel like that really got the ball moving. Um, and I'm just seeing a lot more of it and I like it. Um, and we just have to keep it up, you know? Mm. Um, keep having those brain brave conversations uncomfortable conversations and um online and offline because that's mm. where it matters
0: yeah that's that is super helpful um I'm excited to know more about what's what's coming with dstn sure. I like that little teaser Ooh,
2: <laughs> secrets exciting <Yeah>. secrets
0: yes <laughs> yeah
3: but um, um yeah i say too like um we are taking some good steps in our medical outreach on our medical outreach team um are div- we have diversified a lot of our teams we've really pushed an initiative within our black family subgroup that we have di- with within dsdn um encouraging people to join um a lot of the other subgroups as um, directors or moderators and we've had a great response from that people are yeah. Um, really stepping up in that way um, so their voices are being heard on all the different layers so that's really important but um, we are gonna be diving in deeper on our medical outreach side, you know talking with providers, sharing our stories um, and things like that so stay tuned for some good things.
0: That's good yeah make sure you're following along with dSDN if you are yeah. if you're not connected with them um, Kelly what? can you tell me, I don't know for sure, what, is there an age group? Because it used to be, I know when they initially started, it was like under five, but that's changed. Is that correct?
3: That was like our focus group, um, birth to like four, but um, in a lot of our groups, you know, the, everything has been around for about eight years now, DSDN and, or seven years. And those initial parents their children are older too so you'll find in our groups that there are um a plethora of ages in our black families group we have um i think our oldest member is about 21 um but our groups are for everyone Uh, we definitely do have birth groups so you can be in a group with um parents that have the kids born in the same age as you um and we do have smaller groups that are just for our younger families but we know that our families grow so we're kind of looking at those kind of things as well so i wouldn't say that there's a limit but when it comes to our medical outreach and things that we're like researching and focusing on um that birth to three four is our main target
0: okay And for listeners who aren't plugged in with GSDN, but want to find a subgroup that they could connect with, would it just be, go to the the main Facebook page or go to the website?
3: Go to their website. And then there's a link that says get connected. And we have over 50 subgroups. You can join however many apply to you and your family. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Is there anything else that we've missed? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to touch on?
3: Um... Not really, but if I could say one thing, um, just on a personal level to anybody that's listening to this, um, I want to let you know that community is really important and relationship is really important, Um, make it important for you. Um, I just feel like that's how we're going to make change. Um, Be willing to listen because... That's what I think is really missing. Um, So many times you're, you know, talking at each other and just totally writing people off because you're saying, I don't want to hear that race talk or I don't believe this or I don't believe that. But just kind of being open and listening um, is really important. Just in general, you know, Mm -hmm. we're all different. We all come from different walks of life, have different experiences. Um, But let's just remain open minded and listen.
0: That's all I want to say. <laughs> I love it. Be a listener and a learner. That's what we yes. I tell my kids a hundred times a day. Yeah. <laughs> we are <laughs> listeners and learners and I, yeah, that's a good, that's a good word, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again so much for your time. Yeah. And if you have some, we're going to step into our good news segment here in just a second. So yes. be thinking about some good news about okay. your, about your little guy, Cree. And we're going to hear from our sponsor before we do that.
1: All right. Hi friends. So I don't know about you, but for me in our house, we tend to give our sunflower girl the best, but you know what? I definitely feel when it comes to myself, I take a back burner. I put myself last and I feel like I'm not the only mom who does that. But the thought of going to the gym feels a little bit daunting, and sometimes I can't even find the time. So when I found out about my new friend, Megan, and her awesome, awesome business, I knew I wanted to share. Megan has an awesome business called Oxygen Fitness Coaching, where she is also a mom to a child with Down syndrome and gets that a little time every day makes a difference, and it's really all we have. So she's created a bunch of different programs, including the 12-week Mom Restore System, which is for busy moms suffering from low energy who wanna improve their health without strict diets and hours at the gym. Plus, another program she offers is the 20-Minute Boost Program, which is a daily 20-minute workout you can do right in your home with your kids, and it will instantly improve your strength, fitness, and flexibility. You guys, we got to take care of ourselves. We got to put on our oxygen mask first so that we can truly be there for our kids. So we can stay healthy. We are better able to have that energy to keep up with our kiddos. Our mood improves and we can feel strong and capable as moms. So if you are looking for an attainable way, that's not a crazy diet plan, not a wild and strenuous workout plan, please check out oxygen fitness coaching on Instagram and Facebook. The lucky few Podcast has a, the, our own coupon code, lucky few, and you can get one month free by using that code and sign up, try it out one month free. You can do it. Use code lucky few.
0: Ready? Okay. Time for good news. Time for good news. Everybody, welcome to the good news. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ellie, do you have any good news about your man, Cree?
3: Oh, my gosh, yes. So, yesterday was his birthday. That was like the... But he has had such a big language explosion. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he watches onward 10 times a day. <laughs> but oh my gosh, his vocabulary is just exploding out of nowhere. Um we can just be like talking as a family and Chris create- you know, responding to us and chatting and telling us about his school day. So I really, really am happy about that. And he's really proud and um, excited to share when he has learned something and he can verbally tell us about it. So I love that his vocabulary is exploding.
0: So fun. Love yes. that. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Yes, that is some good news. Um, I have some good news. Let's hear it. Tell us. You guys, August is reading like a- wow like a book like he (laughs) he has all these words that he can read he's like got a lot of words and he's my third kid so there's you just don't have a lot of time for your third kid right those poor babies and they're the baby so they could do no wrong and surely they don't need to do anything or be any different they're perfect Mm -hmm. anyways um he has his teacher sends him these books he's in first grade and um there was this book that was more than just like i see okay and i read it to him one time and then i Look at him, and he did it. And I'm like, I think that means you're a reader. Yeah, at, you know, at his level. Anyway, Amazing. I just was. He is. <laughs> I, I things happen. I make mental note. Like this is for good news. So my yeah. sweet little August Riker, sweet reading his books.
2: I love that. like it. <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And will you remind us where we can find you? and Cree um yeah. are you you're on Instagram and Facebook is that right
3: I'm on Instagram um mom of three using the number three Kelly K E L O I, and the letter C so mom of three Kelly C um I also have a podcast page it's Unmastering Motherhood and then on Facebook Kelly Kaufman and then Cree has a page what it's like
2: to be Cree it's right on Facebook awesome awesome yeah. All right, well, we'll share those with you listeners so you can go check out Kelly and Cree. All right, well, Kelly, what a treat to have you. Thank you for taking the time and for sharing your story with us. It means a lot. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate you guys sharing your space as always.
1: Thank you so much for joining us, friends. Don't miss out on listening to the rest of our favorite episodes over the next six weeks. And as always, we want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail or a DM on Instagram and share about your family and your good news about your loved one with Down syndrome. And if you have a product or a business that wants to help us shout the worth of people with Down syndrome, then we'd love to partner with you. You can email us at at com for sponsorship opportunities. A huge thank you to our editor, Josh Avis, our producer, Val Schlieder, our sponsor, and all of you who have shared the Lucky Few podcasts with your friends and who have listened faithfully. Thank you for cheering us on. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy holidays, friends. We'll see you in the new year.